Oh my god. Shad. Shad, where are you? It's so lonely in here. Oh, hey, Mandy and Betty. What are you doing here? We thought we would interrupt and, and do the podcast with you. Oh, okay. everybody and welcome to episode 46 of the IFNZ podcast. Uh, today is a very special episode. We are basically splitting the podcast, yes, in half. Um, so the top half will be uh, with me, Mandy, and Betty, as you've already heard, Betty. And then uh, the second half of the episode will be with uh, Shad. He's just going to be doing it all alone, solo a mio from his house-o. And uh, so we're going to just talk about some stuff that I've highlighted for uh, trailer talk and news and personals and stuff. And uh, just kind of dive into stuff together. How's that sound to you guys? Sounds great. All right. How about you, Betty? What do you think? <laughs> That's what she <laughs> thinks. Uh, so trailer talk. We had some trailers that have come out over the course of the week, a couple that I didn't write down. Um, one of which was supposed to be discussed last time that we, me and Shad recorded, but, uh, I know you watched it with me, which was the It Chapter 2 trailer. Um, it set the scene, I guess, for the whole, uh, the whole old woman scene happening, Mm -hmm. like what happens in the book and in the original movie, I guess. I mean, that kind of happens, but not to the extent of what we're going to see. I think it's, it looks like it's going to be pretty spoopy. It looks good. I really, I'm really excited for it. Uh, what's her name? Jessica? Chastain. Chastain mm-hmm. That plays her. Yeah, that, that she played that part really well. I'm excited to see Bill Hader, though, in oh, a more too. serious role. I've watched a couple of clips on YouTube from Barry mm-hmm. not too long ago, just to kind of see what that was like. And it's funny, but the scene in particular that I watched that I really enjoyed was... Uh, he was on this like rooftop with this guy, uh, the guy that plays uh, Zaz on yeah. on Gotham is is in it with him, ah. I guess in season two, and he uh, he's up there and uh, says something along the lines of like he shoots this other guy and they're both supposed to be assassins and uh, the Zaz guy is actually really really funny and it surprised the crap out of me that he was actually as funny as he was, but. Um, it was really cool seeing him in a, I mean, it was a semi-comedy role still. I mean, it's like a more of a dark comedy, but definitely seeing him in that role um, was really neat. Uh, I, love, I love anything Bill Hayden, ah! so I'm really excited to see him in this role. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the next trailer that I was going to talk about a little bit was Terminator Dark Fate. I mean, you kind of saw it while I was watching it, but I didn't think you really saw it, saw it. But uh, this one is supposed to be set up to where... Basically, Terminator 4 and Terminator 5, like the one with Christian Bale, the mm-hmm. Terminator Salvation, and the one that was the, the last one that came out a few years ago, uh, Terminator Genesis, that had Amelia Clark in it, mm-hmm. those basically don't exist. Oh, okay. Uh, so James Cameron has said so. He's like, yeah, Terminator 3 and all those other ones, they don't exist, and this is basically Terminator 3. So Terminator Dark Fate is supposed to be basically what happens 
directly following Terminator 2 in the, I guess kind of in the same vein as you can think of like how the new Halloween was yeah, supposed to be that's like exactly what I was Halloween thinking. 2 didn't happen and then it's kind of just okay. set up post what 30 or 40 years after yeah. the events of what happened in Halloween 1 same thing here I think it's supposed to be like 20 or 30 years have transpired so you have Terminator 2 has happened and you get your, you get the return of Sarah Connor um as Linda Hamilton coming back, being all badass, shooting a grenade launcher around everywhere. I think it's super cool that they've got her back. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, and then uh, old Arnold is back. I don't really know what they're trying to do with that because if they're following suit with what happened, Terminator Two at the end of that one, Arnold kills himself. Basically, he jumps into the like the hot lava at the metal, metal melting plant, and he just like incinerates himself. So I don't know how he's supposed to be back and why he also looks like an old man at this point. Unless they're going to be like, oh, this is the guy that the Terminator was based on in the future. Or something to that effect. But I really don't don't understand or don't know that. Um, the next one is uh, The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. I'm sure Shad will probably also have something to say about this because he's a, he's a big old fanboy of the, the Dark Crystals. Um, so this is a prequel I believe if I'm not mistaken of what happens during the course of the Dark Crystal movies um, kind of sets up uh, the scene for everything that would transpire in the first one and this is a Netflix uh, series? I don't think it's a movie I can't remember if it's actually just a series or a movie but I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's just a, just a series on there but uh, I'm sure he'll have a lot more to say and he can clarify for me on that. Well, it looks really cool from somebody who hasn't watched The Dark Crystal. Yeah, which is weird to me. I know you like Jim Hansen so much I and really stuff. I really do, and The Labyrinth is one of my favorite movies, so why have I never watched yeah. The Dark Crystal? I don't they, know, but we've got it, so I'm going to watch it. Yeah, and they have a... Quit eating that. They have a, a thing that's on there that said, I think this one's actually supposed to have humans in it, so I guess maybe that'll set up as to why the first Dark Crystal, like the movie, there are like zero humans. So I don't know if maybe there's like an eradication of that race or something, but I, I, the show is that there's actually humans in the in the trailer, I think, too, that came out. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the next movie I had on the list was Onward, which is the new Pixar movie um, with the little troll people we watched. Oh, yeah. Uh, the guy that was in the, like, the, the unicorns are, like, eating yes. through the trash and stuff like that, and then they're Looks just, like, awesome. they look like they're, like, rabid raccoons. Yes. Um... And he's got, like, a little baby pet dragon for, for a pet, the main character does. Um, it was just a teaser trailer, so that was really all we kind of saw from it, but anything from Pixar is going to be great. Um, another couple trailers, I think, well, at least one more that I watched, I know for sure, was the Ford versus Ferrari trailer. Yeah, that looks good. Uh, yeah, definitely looks really awesome to me. I mean, time to get to see... Matt Damon in a thing, and I think this is the first time Matt Damon and Christian Bale have ever done anything together, but uh, those two together seem like it'll be a really powerful duo. Yeah, it does. How do you feel about it, Betty? Yeah. She just hit the microphone, so... Oh, there it goes. She's going to grab it. Um, <laughs> you are just a mess and a disaster. Look at you. <laughs> tormenting us. Uh, what was the other one? It was a Brad Pitt. I watched it this morning. You didn't see it. I watched it while I was pooping on the toilet. Oh. And I'll say that out loud because <coughs> I don't care. Pretty sure I was asleep. 
I think it's Ad Estrada. Yes, Ad Estrada. Um, it's Brad Pitt. I think Tommy Lee Jones is in it as well. Um, but his Brad Pitt's character's father, like he, Brad Pitt's character goes on this mission. The mission fails horribly. He crash lands, I guess, back on Earth, and it's a space epic type thing. He crash lands back on Earth. He's okay, and then they say something about a mission that his father had went on because he's doing all of this stuff because his father went on this mission years ago and never returned. And I guess the mission was like some top secret thing that's going on and Tommy Lee Jones plays his father, goes out to the edges of the solar system to try and unveil some secret truth about the mystery mystery of our planets. And I guess Tommy Lee Jones' character kind of goes insane and starts trying to do stuff against what protocol was so they're basically sending his son brad pitt to go on a reconnaissance mission type thing back out to try and stop his father from doing whatever he was doing that poses like a big threat against all of humanity uh it sounds awesome and i love tommy lee jones yeah and it's like it's it, after I watched the trailer, it looks like one of those things. Like It seems like now every couple years we're going to have an Interstellar or a... What was the one with... Uh, was George Clooney in it? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Not Interstellar. Interstellar was the one that was... Uh, What's-his-face did? That did the Batman trilogy? Christopher Nolan? And then... What was the other one? The Martian? No, not no, the Martian. That that's that's kid. Matt Damon. That's Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. That's Matt Damon's movie. That's another space one. But it seems like every couple of years they have a movie that's like this. Yeah. I can't think of what the name of that movie is for the life of me. Uh-oh. I was hoping it would say also, because it says, like, people also search for Interstellar on here. Uh-huh. That's also compared to it. What's the George Clooney space movie? George Clooney space movie. <laughs> Gravity, that's it. Gravity, that's 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 the. They all like have a very similar like feel to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like Gravity came out first, and then here comes Interstellar. I think there was another one even after that, like another year or two afterwards. But the, this this kind of falls into that kind of uh, niche little category to me, anyway. You keep dropping this thing. <laughs> I'm gonna beat you with it, child. All right. Let's get in some uh, some newsy newses. Uh, first on the docket, do you want to talk to them I'm about so this? I'm so excited. Pizza Hut is completely remaking their classic pan pizza for the first time in over 40 years. Yes. We are big Pizza Hut people. We like it. We don't eat it all the time because they don't deliver to us. We only get Domino's, so we actually eat Domino's more. But I prefer do- uh, Pizza Hut's pizza. Um, we are deep pan pizza lovers, um, mm-hmm. I personally love stuffed crust as well, but Justin isn't as big on that as I am. Um, I'm starting to come around on that more. I think the more that we've actually had like the Giornos and stuff like that that have had stuffed crust, I, I, don't, I don't think it's like as bad. The only reason I didn't like it at first with deep pan pizza, whenever it was a first like a big thing that came to Pizza Hut, was because it was almost like the pizza that was inside of it was like I don't know how to describe it other than like foamy or frothy. Okay. Like it was, it wasn't like cheesy pizza. Like it was yeah. like they injected it with some cheese foam, and they was like, "Here it is." It is. It does taste different. <laughs> that cheese does taste different. Well, however, now it probably tastes even more different. However, I had it with um, 
Abby and Livy, the last, well, I don't know, a couple weekends ago, we had the, um, the stuffed crust pizza, and it was really good, and the cheese tasted different. Um, How good was it? It was really good. Really good. <laughs> um, however, deep pan is hands down the best. Um, if you don't have Chicago deep pan. I don't care what you say, Chicago, <laughs> New York, whatever. The debate is always Chicago. New always. Yorkers, love you, but come on. I mean, it's eating cardboard if you're eating that kind oh, of Oh, God. Hot but. button topic. Hot button topic. Uh, anyway. So, um, I'm really excited to try it tomorrow. <laughs> um, I've got a plan to get some pizza tomorrow. Cool. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, according to today.com, they say that the, uh, the Pizza Hut OG pie first debuted in the, in the early 1980s here, and uh, it's pretty much been exactly the same ever since. Uh, the first thing that they're going to do is that they're now going to use part skim mozzarella cheese. Uh, previously, the chain has always used whole milk cheese, uh, so which is always usually pricier and richer in flavor. Okay. Which, why are they skimping on that then? But all of the cheese that we get, the mozzarella cheese that we get, is part skim milk. Sure. So it might taste more... It is better for you, but I mean, yeah. I get that, that side of things, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It says now part skim cheese, however, will be piled a little heavier in the middle of the pizza as to make each slice gooier and cheesier. Okay, I will say that sometimes they do skimp out on the cheese, so I usually get maybe, light sauce, maybe, extra cheese. Maybe you don't have that. to actually do. Maybe I won't have to get the extra cheese. Yeah, now. yeah. That's from the way from the way it sounds. The ratio of cheese to sauce is key, so the chain is actually adding more sauce to its pan pizzas oh, as well. Gonna have to go light sauce again because I'm not yeah. a huge tomato sauce fan. But the ingredients aren't the only part of the pizza-making process of pizza altered. Uh, the pan pizza itself also got a facelift and redesigned to make the crust look more golden brown and buttery as it cooks in the oven. I'm so, a fan of that. That, that appeals to me. Realistically, I mean, the only things that it sounds like they're just changing the way the crust looks a little bit. The cheese is different and that they're going to add a little bit more cheese and a little bit more sauce. So, I mean, it's not a huge dramatic change to the recipe. It's not like they're changing the dough completely. Yeah. At least according to this, other than the way that they cook it. But that's just me. And uh, let's see what we got next. Apple made some announcements oh, uh, over the course. cheese grater. Yes. We will t- we'll talk about the cheese grater first. That's a good, it's a good pull because that's the first one. And um, it ties in with the cheese from the pizza. It Look does. at that segue. Look, you ride that segue all the way downtown. Uh, so they announced, uh, yesterday, yesterday, the day before yesterday, rather, uh, the Mac Pro and the Pro Display XDR. Um, so they brought back this design. This design was something that had been around, I believe, in some models that were in the, like, early 2000s as a look. Like, the, the way with the venting of the front of it like this that makes it look like the cheese grater. But now your cheese grater's on wheels and it has handles. And it also goes for a price of $6,000. And that's that's for the computer. $4,999 for the display. That is ridiculous. If you saw the display, it actually is really cool, some of the stuff that it does. But also on top of that, which I mentioned to you yesterday, something that they're doing for the stand, it's like another $1,000 for just the stand that the display goes on itself. 
So what is this? Is six thousand, five thousand, it's eleven. You're looking at twelve thousand dollars as a purchase if you're going to get the whole bundle. Basically. So they are absolutely not marketing this for the average consumer. No, I mean this the way that you see the, a lot of the stuff they have it for production design. They have a lot of stuff that's running in Adobe on here. So for Photoshop, for Premiere, for like people that would actually work in the video editing uh, field. Hi, baby. Uh, People that work in like the video editing field would be people that actually uh, gravitate toward this, I would assume. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 it makes sense to me that they would do something like this, but yes, it's definitely not for the everyday consumer. Yeah. Um, I guess some of the features of it. Uh, so we got the beloved old cheese grater MacBook Pro design on there. It sports. Uh, an Intel Xenon processor with 8, 12, 16, 24, or 28 cores. So you have a varying difference of whichever kind of processing core that you want in it. So I guess maybe that could maybe waver the price of the actual device itself too. I'm assuming the 28 core and stuff is what they're showcasing here that costs $6,000. So you might be able to get a model that's a little cheaper. Um, 1.5 terabytes of DDR4 uh, system memory which is cool, but at the same time, I just don't understand why something this expensive doesn't have a little bit faster storage and a little bit faster uh, RAM in it as well. Uh, but it's kind of the same with, where are you going? Okay. It's kind of the same with everything that's on there. Uh, everything that's under the Apple Wheelhouse. They always have a tendency to make their own shit. They always have a tendency to do their own things. So everything is kind of an in-house thing. Like the Xenon, Intel Xenon processor that they have and it's worked with Intel, but it's all stuff that's specifically derivative toward Apple for the most part. Um, that's cool for Apple lovers. Yes, it is cool if you're an Apple lover and you work for something that can actually afford this. Um, some of the other stuff they announced was uh, they have a whole new operating system for the Apple TV that's coming through. Um, the whole new OS comes out this fall, a whole new home screen, controller center, all kinds of different things that it'll have for it. Um, a lot of different operating system updates for different devices. They have the Apple Watch uh, Series 4 came out, but then they're actually updating to the Apple Watch OS 6 um, pretty soon. It'll have a whole bunch of new watch faces that you can get, new builds and apps that you can use. Um, apparently, audiobooks is going to come to the watch, which is cool, I guess. If you have a Bluetooth earpiece in and you don't have your phone on you, you can listen to your audiobooks just straight from your watch. Oh, in that okay. way. That's, that's cool. Yeah. So a lot of the Apple Watches, for people that don't know, or a lot of newer watch faces that come through, you can actually add in a its own phone number and its own signal and stuff to it. So you can actually just have this on like a Verizon account, for example, and not even have to have your phone with you. You can receive calls and stuff like that oh, wow. and have it on your on your watch as opposed to just having your phone with you and having your phone be paired to it constantly. So That's cool. Yeah, that's, it's cool for people that want to do stuff like that, but I mean, it is a little bit of an extra cost because you're adding in. Um, look at iOS. Oh, yeah? Somebody's getting a little upset iOS 13 uh, will be coming through. It's getting a bunch of new improvements, uh, new performance. Uh, it's going to run 30% faster, 50% uh, smaller app packaging. It's going to have a dark mode. Uh, it's going to have synced lyrics and Apple Music, I guess. That's cool, I guess, if you're wanting to 
sing while you're looking at your phone and listening to Apple Music. Uh, updates to Safari Mail. Pretty much everything's going to get reworked to it. I guess they're going to finally do an all-dark mode like every other Android phone has now at this point. Finally going to hop in on the game there. Personally, love dark mode iPad OS coming out. Uh, there was one other thing too. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the CarPlay is going to get a bunch of improvements. It looks basically like a majority of this thing was them announcing the actual Mac Pro with the cheese grater design, the bigger chassis, and the bigger price. But then everything else is just an update to the new uh, operating systems that will be coming out here in the coming months and then in the fall for some of them. Um, Let's head down here. Just a quick announcement because I'm a big advocate of Death Stranding and we talk about it frequently on the podcast. It had a new trailer that came out for it, which was the release date trailer. An eight minute long trailer actually showed some more gameplay, some more, a little bit of a kind of character development, maybe a little bit of story development, but not too much because yeah. I think Hideo Kojima is kind of keeping this very, uh, very vague. They don't want, he doesn't want you to know everything that's going on in this world. It all was very avant-garde. Uh, but it very it, it seemed like it did touch more on on more of a story because to me the trailers before were just kind of what what's happening? But now it kind of seems like oh okay I kind of get that what's going on a little bit more. Yeah, than I, previously I think that they kind of harpen more on Troy Baker's character that's in here with the. Uh, golden mask uh his character is doing something with what they call the world of hades so i guess whenever you die you get sent to this war-torn hell basically that looks like earth from back in like 1942 whenever world war ii was at its height and uh it looks like mad mickelson's character is either is either satan or uh, the devil or something like that or whatever you want to call him and I guess he has means to communicate with Troy Baker's character and I don't know if they're trying to like bring about this hell on earth again and make it like actually be futuristic or not or what but uh, definitely interested in it. it actually comes out this November I was thinking for the longest time that this was going to be a launch title for uh for the playstation 5 maybe or something that's coming down the pike but you got uh you got it coming out this november so that's cool uh you want to read one of these news topics coming up oh let's see here um oh robert pattinson is officially set to be batman um saw a thing that said it only took him 11 years to become a bat from the vampire Sure. See if that'll help her. Uh, (laughs) um, Rumor has it that we could have the Penguin, Catwoman, or maybe even the Riddler as our villains. Um, I don't know who I would want cast as any of those characters. That's a hard... It's weird because we still have... We just finished up something like Gotham. And, and I really liked that character, um, the guy all, who plays the Riddler on that show, like, yeah, and sold then, it for me. Also, they keep they keep redoing the same villains whenever there's different villains that can be cast for, for this. I mean, there's, there's a whole plethora of Batman villains that they've never done. 
in a major motion picture or one that they ones that they've not given the time of day to. We've had a whole movie that's centered around the Riddler and Two Face and Catwoman. We've, yeah, we've had a whole that was literally Penguin and Catwoman. That yeah. was all Batman Returns. So I mean, and they've been cast, you know, now multiple times over the course of since like the late '60s as different people for these characters. And I get that these are like these are the hierarchy of Batman villains, but at the same time, I mean, there's so many others that they have on there. They have like Killer Croc, Calendar Man. They've got Man Bat. I mean, they could even do something like that. I don't know how well that would play off, but I mean, him actually fighting a supernatural creature in a way would be something that'd be kind of cool. I mean, there's other mainstay villains that they've not redone a bunch too. I mean, like I said, like Killer Croc's one of them. They could do Deathstroke. They could do any of these people and stuff, but they just keep so this going is... back to the same beat of, okay, well, Joker's getting his own movie, so I guess we'll just do the Penguin and Catwoman. Oh, yeah. they're not available? Let's do Riddler. So it's supposed to be set whenever he's younger, right? Yeah, and I think it's, they're trying to aim it for like a 90s feel to it because eventually I guess they'll try and bring it to quote-unquote present day. Okay. I don't really know. That would be, I mean, it would be really cool if they did go a different route and didn't stick to the main villains that are always portrayed. I think that would be a really good idea. And as I said, even if it was somebody that hadn't been harkened on as much or something to that effect. You know, I mean, they could do... A, see, that's what I meant. Like, the Penguin, whenever you have, like... They did the fantasyful Penguin that they did with Tim Burton's where he actually had, like, flippers for hands and it was Danny DeVito and, of course, you know, Danny DeVito's amazing and it, I, I have and nothing but good things to say about great. it. Great, yeah. But... You know, then you have the less fantasy version of watching the uprising of, like, Robin Lord Taylor's Penguin from the Gotham mm-hmm. series, which is really cool because it's more of a humanistic approach to the Penguin as it is in the comic books. And you always have these polar opposites with the villains and Batman in general. They're all supposed to be kind of samey to him, so that way they're actually somewhat relatable in a sense. So, like... Penguin, for example, is a child that was brought up in Gotham from a family that is an elite family that has tons of wealth. The Cobblepots were known. They were super wealthy. And then once they all died off and stuff and Oswald was there, he's the child that was forgotten by Gotham, Mm -hmm. basically. But from a family of wealth. Unlike Batman, who was a child that was brought up in wealth and stuff and Gotham never forgot who Bruce Wayne was and everything. So it's almost like there's... They're similar, but they always have, like, a polar opposites to them. Like, the Joker is maniacal and uh, unforgiving and an anarchist in a way and everything and wants to take over... She hit her head. Hold on. There you go. But then, like, you know, they always have the same chase back and forth between... between Batman and Joker and stuff like they can't kill each other because they need each other and they're basically polar opposites but they're also still the same I mean they're both vigilantes in a way you know what I mean and that's I don't know it'd be kind of cool to see somebody who hasn't been really showcased at all and doesn't really have any kind of uh polar opposite who's just an evil dude because he's an evil dude (laughs) yeah 
So that's what I mean. Somebody else to the effect that they could have done other villains like they did in Gotham and fleshed them out a little mm-hmm. bit more. You could really pull an interesting story with Mister Freeze. Yeah. If you actually do the whole Nora story. Yeah. And flesh that out more, and do an actor that's not just you know Arnold Schwarzenegger being Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. If you get somebody that's like a full-on, like really good, talented actor to play that and show you like how brutal and tortured he was, you know, from and how sad, yeah, he was. how sad he is as a villain, and then yeah. his slow decline after he becomes Mister Freeze into just basically just being a full-on villain yeah, and still having a somewhat of a purpose, but, you know, his mental state just takes a sharp decline. That would be really cool. You know, somebody like Azrael, watching Mm -hmm. him churn into what he is. I think instead of an animated version of Batman Hush, they should do Batman Hush in, like, a big screen form. I think that that would be a really cool, interesting story. Now, Hush is like, that character is which you don't find out till the end, is one of Bruce Wayne's childhood best friends. Uh And he basically was jealous that his parents got murdered, and he wants his parents murdered. Oh. Um, So that way he can have all the monies and do all the things and stuff like that. And he ends up just basically being kind of a psychopath, but in the Hush storyline, it kind of follows suit through this whole thing. Like You see every entry of, which it would be hard to do, a bunch of different Batman villains that are in there. You actually have a Superman in there. You have a, a Poison Ivy in there. Catwoman plays a big part in it because that's actually like one of the first big graphic novels where they show love for each other. You know, he tells her, you know, like, I'm Bruce Wayne. I know you're Selina Kyle. And they f- start falling in love kind of a thing. And that character of Hush is just kind of cool having somebody that's a villain that is a tortured version of basically Bruce Wayne. You know, about a total, you know, side, same side of the coin, but just like he flipped the script a little bit. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that would be really cool. But he, he's a really cool villain. But I, I just hope know. they don't, because I feel like the story of Batman has been repeated so much. And I get it that he's a beloved character, but do something a little bit different. Yeah. You don't want to see an origin story. No. No. See, and that's hopefully. Hopefully that'll be the tick they do with it because I mean that's they I feel like if you're gonna learn from anything you can learn from Spider Man like Homecoming was a really good entry level to Spider Man for yeah. the modern day MCU because you know Tom Holland's Spider Man didn't have to have the origin story you had a subtle nod in that movie to Tom Holland uh, you know saying to Aunt May, you know, kind of a thing about Uncle Ben, but you don't actually tell, hear them talk and say the yeah. words Uncle Ben, you know, like saying, you know, Aunt May's been sad since it happened kind of a mm-hmm. thing, you know, and that that's that's cool because you don't have to dive deep into it. By now, we've all been beaten in the face by exactly. the, so many times that we know that Uncle Ben got murdered. We know that they're both super sad, but now they're starting to get over it and that he still already is Spider-Man. So you're learning about him as Spider-Man still growing, but you don't have to learn about him getting bit by a radioactive spider on some science trip for his school. You know, we don't have to learn that his parents got murdered in an alleyway, you know, just to know that he eventually is going to become Batman and learn crazy badass kung fu and stuff from Ra's al Ghul. He can already be back and be Batman and tell us the story because we already know that. Yeah. Um, Exactly. uh, Who would I play Penguin? Uh... What's the Phillips Seymour Hoffman? Ooh, okay. even though he's, even though he's dead. 
Yeah, that would be good if he weren't dead. <laughs> he, he would be my penguin. Uh, I don't know who I'd pick as a penguin nowadays. Still Danny DeVito, just without fish hands? <laughs> I do think it would be cool if they did keep all of the cast around the same age. Yeah, so that uh, that would be that'd be difficult though because who would be a, who would be oh, a shorter? Oh, for a good Riddler, Cole Sprouse or Dylan Sprouse, either one, one of the Sprouse brothers. They're both really talented. Oh, actors. which one's which one's the one that plays Archie? Is that uh, Cole? That's KJ Apa. Okay, he would be because he's already got red hair. <laughs> well, well, it's not real. I know. I just meant but... we already know what he looks yeah. like with the red hair. <laughs> well, I mean, or they could play penguin. Either they could play penguin too. Um, Who's what's Cole Sprouse in the minute? He he plays Jughead. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean that'd be really cool. Either one, Penguin or the Riddler. I I think the Riddler a little bit more because he's got a little bit of uh, dark humor about him, and I think that that would play well. I feel like the role of Catwoman could go to a woman with some ethnicity, like they tried Definitely. to do with Halle Berry. But give it to somebody that's a little bit younger. But it could go to somebody with some ethnicity to oh play the Oh my gosh. Okay, so we're just going to get all of the Riverdale cast to play these characters. And I'm going with Cami Mendez, who plays who Veronica. That, I don't know who that is, but okay. She plays Veronica, and she is... Um, oh, she's so beautiful. And she's... She, I think she'd be a good little Catwoman. I think so. I thought about, after I said it in my head, I was thinking about... Because we've been watching Umbrella Academy, the chick that plays Allison. Ooh, yeah. Would be she'd really be cool good. as a cat one. Yeah, she And to that good. effect, Penguin could be the kid that plays Klaus. Klaus? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Since he's already got that kind of weird goth I emo like vibe it. to it. Yes. Just kind of let him be that way as Penguin. Uh-huh. That'd be really neat. Uh, let's move on to another subject. Oh, Keanu Reeves has been rumored to play a role in the MCU for the upcoming Eternals movie. Which would be really neat to have Keanu Reeves in our uh, MCU repertoire. He might be one of those characters that they kill off in that movie and you don't see him in like any kind of crossover, but... Uh, Keanu in anything is good. <laughs> it'd be really neat to see him in that role, though. Um, so Eternals we've talked about on the show before. I don't know if I ever explained it to you. They're basically like gods in the MCU like universe type thing. There's a whole subsect of people that are their like, villains that are like bad gods and then they have the good gods which are the eternals so they're basically still superhero teams you know good guys bad guys but this is like all set and can be predated prior to even earth being a thing this could all be you know in space it could be during you know earth and seeing people run around and then all of a sudden you have these gods introduced my thought of the matter is it would be really neat to have it be kind of a precursor thing because uh the eternals is where thanos is actually born from um, oh. the etern- there's a female Eternal and a male uh, I can't think of what their name is it starts with a D the villains and they actually come to fall in love and that that spawns the birth of Thanos so he's actually some kind of like a demigod in a way okay. that's why he's so crazy powerful why he can wear the infinity gauntlet and it doesn't really affect him other than the hand blasting right. off kind of thing but he doesn't get obliterated like you know Iron Man does right. kind of a thing um, but yeah, I mean, having Keanu in there, that'd be really neat. Especially if he wasn't even, like, a good guy. If he had him play, maybe, like, the villain that would eventually be the dad of Thanos that or something awesome. like that. Um, I definitely love seeing characters who typically play a good guy mm-hmm. playing an evil guy. Yeah. Uh, 
let's see. What, we got some more uh, game news here, and then we'll hop over to some of the personal stuff because we gotta gotta try and keep it a little bit around an hour or a little less. So that way, Chad has plenty of time to talk about everything too. Um, we've got uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare trailer was announced, which I don't. So Call of Duty Modern Warfare has already happened. Right. We've had Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare. And then we've had sequels to that. We've had Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare 2, and Modern Warfare 3. So now we're just dropping the fact that it has a name to it, and we're just calling it Call of Duty Modern Warfare. The trailer dropped uh, prior to E3. I think by the time this episode comes out, maybe E3 will have already started. But uh, the next time me and Shad get together, we'll be talking probably all about E3 shit, because that's that's what we do. But uh, release date is October 25th. I don't know why they blow their load so early. But now we're going to get basically another trailer sometime, I guess, at E3, if not the same trailer. Um, it's not going to have a traditional season pass, which is something that a lot of first-person shooter games have been doing, where you, um, they basically say, here, pay us $40 more on top of the price of the game, and then for the next year, any DLC, any characters, and anything like that that comes out, we're just going to give you because you've already paid for it up front instead of paying like $20, $20, $20, $20. You pay cool. a bundled deal. Yeah. That's how Season Passes have been doing it with. That's how Destiny does theirs too. So whenever it got Destiny and you get Forsaken, they had an annual pass. So all these DLC that have been coming out, you can pay $20 a piece for or pay $20 when you get Forsaken like I did. And then you have all of it when it comes out. So it's a cool way to bundle things together. And it's an incentive of people buying the stuff ahead of time. Yeah. And they're obviously going to make money on it one way or another. Just so everybody knows, the baby has fallen asleep. Yay. <laughs> uh, so it's not going to have a traditional season pass. And this is going to be the first game in the entry and one of the first few games ever in history to have cross-platform play. So PlayStation, Xbox, and PC players can all play multiplayer against each other. That's really cool. This is the first time that it's done in Call of Duty history. It's a very big, monumentous moment to say that PlayStation finally is playing along with yeah. this. Because Xbox and PC are, you know, they're both Microsoft. They're the same thing, basically. So that that's that's going to happen. But now knowing that this is going to be all total cross-platform between anybody, like Nintendo doesn't really get Call of Duty games. So yeah. that's if they did have it, I guarantee they would do it right. too. But um, definitely something exciting to check out uh, from the trailer. If you haven't seen it, go look at it. Uh, it looks nice to me because I also like Call of Duty Modern Warfare. That's probably like one of the last ones that I truly enjoyed. I never really cared for the Black Ops games or anything. And you get to see the return of uh, a beloved character, um, Captain Price, who is in the trailer. Um, and then let's see what else we got. We got some Pokemon news coming up. But first, I will have you read this news. Xbox Game Pass on PC is official. Over 100 titles will be available at launch. That's awesome. Yeah. We will hear more details about it on and a release date at the Microsoft conference at this year's E3. Yes. So, first time, uh, we know that some Game Pass titles have been cross-platform to uh, Windows Store on PC. But now the whole Game Pass uh, stuff is going to be official. So, like she said, 100 titles at launch. That's a lot of titles that, that you're going to have. Um, I think they've already said and they've been talking about the Master Chief Collection and Halo 5 coming to PC, which is not graced PC. Halo hasn't been on PC since Halo 2. Wow. So this will be the first time that Halo has been able to be available on PC. And with the Master Chief Collection and Halo 5, that is literally Halo 1 
through five and all the stories in between. So like Halo three ODST, Halo uh, Halo Reach, all the side stories, Halos one, two, three, and four and five, everything, every Halo is going to be available to play on PC now, basically. That's really cool. Um, including Gears of War. Never been able to play Gears of War other than Gears of War 4 on there, so you'll have Gears 1, 2, and 3, and uh, Judgment on there to be able to play as well. Um, and a whole plethora of other titles that are on there, including like Fallouts, uh, trying to think of other ones, Ori and the Blind Forest. There's a lot of really cool indie games that you'll be able to download. So if you have Xbox Game Pass and you have a PC you'll be able to play them on both now, which is really, really neat. Um, the last big thing that we'll talk about news-wise, uh, we'll have two of them. We'll talk about the Nintendo Direct that happened for Pokemon yesterday, effective of our recording, and then uh, a couple of little apps that they've been talking about, um, one of which is Pokemon Sleep that'll be coming out. So the whole thing is that uh, we, we see a pattern with it. They have a thing called uh, Pokemon Home coming out. They have uh, already have Pokemon Go uh, now they're going to introduce Pokemon Sleep. Um, so with Pokemon Go, we had kids and people, adults, everybody encouraged to go out using the Augmented Reality app and uh, encouraging you to go walk and right. play and catch Pokemon and go walk further to get to a Pokemon Center to get Pokeballs and stuff. So it's encouraging exercise, encouraging all these different things and having a really cool, fun game to do while you're doing so. So it's encouraging people to get out. This app pokemon sleep is encouraging a better sleep regimen for you so uh it's another huge health issue uh not sleeping enough so with pokemon sleep it kind of coincides with pokemon go in a way and the longer you sleep and it kind of detects your sleep patterns with it um the longer sleep that you have and the better sleep that you have the the more uh leveling up like your pokemon and stuff will do So it just kind of coincides with everything that's on there. It's just, a, I guess, Nintendo's way of working with Pokemon and the team Game Freak to, uh, to kind of find ways to tackle health issues with fun games instead of encouraging people to just sit on their ass in the house and do yeah. all that stuff. Then it's encouraging you, like, hey, go out. Go do this stuff. And then whenever you come back, make sure you don't stay up until like 1 o'clock in the morning playing video games. Just go to sleep on time. And then you'll do even better in the game that you were outside playing on. I, cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems, I guess, maybe a little invasive in a way. A little That they're bit. seeming it that way. But, I mean, I guess they do have the betterment and your health in mind while they're yeah. doing it, at least. And how do they track that? Because can't you just not play the game and, like, it's, does that... It's the, well, the app is separate from the actual game. I mean, you would download the Pokemon Sleep app, and there are other apps that track your sleep patterns and teach you, like, you know, this is something that's going on. You know, it might have, like, a like you wear, like, a little Fitbit device while you're doing it. That's what I was going to say. Like, don't you have to be wearing one of those things to be able to have those have your sleep patterns tracked? Probably. I mean, it might be something that you can buy at stores that'll happen with it too because, I mean, they have, for Pokemon Go, they have a little device that you can buy that's called the Pokemon Plus to where you can wear that and uh, while you're walking and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to have the full app open. If there's a Pokemon that's close while you're there and it'll alert you, so then you can just tap uh, the device uh, and open it up and see the Pokemon that's there. So that way you don't have to be draining your battery while you're going through it. Yeah. You just buy the little wrist thing to do it. So maybe the Pokemon Plus or a new Pokemon Plus will kind of cover everything that will come out maybe. I'm not really too sure yeah. because I have not 
fully divulged everything yeah. that's in it. Um, the other thing was that they had the Nintendo Direct yesterday. Um, Pokemon Sword and Shield officially will be releasing worldwide November 15th, which now makes November a really bad month for me because we'll have Death Stranding and a new Pokemon all in one month. So that sucks, but oh well. Hey, um, one will be for Christmas. Yay! I'm going to say it's probably <laughs> going to be Pokemon too because I can wait on that. Um, so they showed off the region uh, some of the new game features that it includes. Um, the Galar region is there. They have a new feature called the Dynamax Phenomenon. It's something that you can make your Pokemon do that make them absolutely massive. So they showcase in the trailers, uh, in the direct, uh, your character walking into this giant arena that almost looks like a, someplace you would play soccer or something. Instead of having a gym battle inside of a small building like you would normally do, this gym battle takes place there. Um, the gym leader will have Dynamaxed Pokemon that it will use, and then you have to choose to wait and kind of figure out how you're going to play against it. Um, just kind of like how you would normally do. So they showcased a, a grass-type Pokemon trainer, um, gym leader that was in the trailer, and he had a Dynamaxed version of a new grass-type Pokemon, which means that when I say Dynamax and you <laughs> use this thing, the Pokeball gets absolutely massive. He throws it out, and the Pokemon is bigger than the arena the arena is like open and it's like giant it oh, looks wow. like king kong size kind of a thing so whenever you do dynamaxing on your pokemon it makes them absolutely massive and you have that ability too but you just kind of have to time it out just right when am i going to use my dynamax pokemon to fight his kind of a thing and i have to make sure that my pokemon will be able to beat his at that point in time so adding in a little bit of a new flair or a new flavor to that uh it kind of makes me a little sad because they had another feature that was like a mega evolution. I don't know if they're straying away from that or not, but mega evolution took whatever the highest form evolved form of a Pokemon was and it gave them like a new redesigned new powers and stuff like that. And they were still obviously the same size, but you had like a mega version of Charizard that comes out and he's like even bigger than he already is kind of a thing. And I don't know if they're trying to stray away from that, but it seems easier for them because with the Dynamax thing, they're just making the same exact Pokemon. It's just bigger. Yeah. This one, they would have to actually like fully redesign a Pokemon kind of a thing. So it's easier for them because they don't have to have as much art direction. But it also sucks because I don't know if they're going to try and take away from that or not with this. Um, they have two different types of things that are coming out with the wild areas. One of them is the uh, that I'm excited for is the Max Raid Battle. So this will be the first time in... Pokemon game history that you can actually play with your friends locally or online using the Nintendo online service um, to do a raid battle with them. So you'll fight an, a Dynamaxed version of a Pokemon, but it's so powerful that you can't fight alone. So you'll team up with three other people and all four of you will be able to fight against it together to finally try to take it on. That's cool. um, so it adds in that kind of a raid teamwork aspect to a game that typically doesn't have that usually the only type of multiplayer stuff pokemon games have is just kind of fighting against each other um let's see that's basically it they showed the legendary po pokemons uh zykane and zamazenta and uh they are basically big dogs kind of like the gen 2 pokemon were uh one has a sword in his mouth the other one's face is kind of like a shield in a way, as you can see in these pictures. Mm -hmm. That's the Zyma's said whatever the weird longer one name is. And there's the one with the sword in his mouth. 
But November 15th, 15th super excited. Uh, the last news topic we can kind of go back and forth and talk about. They have the entire um, list of Sega Genesis Mini games that are going to be coming out now. Um, before we only had like, I think like 10 games on the list that they announced, but now the entire set of it's out. So uh, we can go back and forth and just list this out real quick. So we've got uh, number one, Sonic the Hedgehog. Echo the Dolphin. Castlevania Bloodlines. Space Harrier 2. Shining Force. Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Toe Jam and Earl. Comic Zone. Altered Beast. Gunstar Heroes. Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Thunder Force 3. Super Fantasy Zone. Shinobi 3. Streets of Rage 2. Earthworm Jim. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Contra Hardcore. Landstalker. Mega Man The Wily Wars. Street Fighter 2. Special Champion, Champion Edition. Edition. Got it. There are so many versions of Street Fighter 2 <laughs> that you have to actually add that little bit in part because that's there's like a Turbo Championship Edition, the Ultimate Turbo Championship Edition. Like they have so many editions. I'm trying to read through uh, fingerprints <laughs> too. So <laughs> I get you. Uh, Ghosts and Ghouls. Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle. Beyond Oasis. Golden Axe. <laughs> Golden. Fantasy Star 4, The End of the Millennia. Sonic the Hedgehog. Spinball. Vector Man. Wonder Boy and Monster World. Tetris. Darius. Virtua Fighter 2. Alicia Dragon. Dragoon. Dragoon. Yep. <laughs> Monster World 4. Kid Chameleon. Road Rash 2. Eternal Champions. Columns. Dynamite Heady. Strider. And Light Crusi- Crusader. <laughs> Light Crusader, yeah. So we're going to get the the console, the two uh, controllers that come with it, all of those games. Uh, so well, that was 43, 42 games 42. total on there. Um, it comes out September 19th, and it's only 80 bucks. That's awesome. 42 games, two controllers, and all that. That's pretty awesome to me. Yeah. That's a good good find. Okay, but I have to admit that I'm kind of upset that they don't have the Jungle Book on there. The Jungle Book? Yeah. That was the Sega game I played. Well, see, I also had <laughs> I had quite a few Disney ones and I had uh, I had Aladdin on Genesis which was really hard and even harder than that was The Lion King. The Jungle and Book was really hard. I couldn't get very far at all. <laughs> yeah. I think I think they were probably all by the same not Sega made them, but the same yeah. manufacturer that was developing them and then Sega published it, but yeah, I mean, I had I remember Aladdin. I got all the way through Aladdin, but Lion King, I could never get past like the third or fourth level. It was too hard. Oh, and the Animaniacs. I had the Animaniacs on there. I had Tiny Toon Adventures, but I had Tiny Toon Adventures on uh, Super Nintendo, but oh. that was always a really fun game to me. Yeah, I really liked Animaniacs. Um, we'll quickly touch on some personal stuff. Uh, what have you What have you been up to? Uh. <laughs> Nursing a baby. Yeah. I do that all the time. You're doing it now. I am. <laughs> Boobs out on the podcast, boys and girls. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that's sweater. about all I got. Just nursing a baby? Um. Well, we could talk about some of her milestones. Sure. Because that's all my life revolves around now is her. Yeah. Um, of course. She's starting to pull up. On, on stuff, which is super awesome. She's crawling. She's teething again. 
She's eating real food. She's going to be eight months next week, which is crazy. Um, she's brilliant. She's sassy. She's fun. That's about all I got. That's good. <laughs> I mean, if they couldn't tell from the beginning of the podcast with all the all the yellings and stuff, she's got a lot of sass to go around. She does. She's got Moxie Kid. She's she's fun. She it's is. not. I didn't realize that how, how fun it would be being a parent until this started happening. Like it's it's really awesome and super rewarding. It's super hard. Yes. But it's the best thing I've ever done. Hands down. And. Oh, you've played games. <gasps> oh, you have yeah. games. You have games you can talk about <laughs> other than me playing games. Talk about the games you've been playing. Go ahead, tell them. Okay, so I'm addicted to Wheel of Fortune. On. On my phone. On Android, yes. On my Android phone. Yes. So I'm I'm really good at it. Mm-hmm. I I'm tooting my own horn, toot toot, because I love it and I'm pretty good at it. And I wish that I could get on to play for real. But in the game, you have to win diamonds, and the diamonds help you level up and yeah. you know whatever. We'll just say it's a it's a freemium game. Your game is totally free, but they make money from you watching ads yeah. to get these diamonds from you actually paying money to get the diamonds or playing other games to get the diamonds. So I oftentimes will download other games to play to win diamonds. And so I'm also playing um, I I achieved my goal for the Charm King game. So I got like two hundred and sixty five diamonds because of that. And I'm also playing this Genie and Jim's game. Basically, it's like Candy Crush with a different name. Mm-hmm. But that's what I've been playing. <laughs> yeah. You tell them. <laughs> so you, let's just go with this. So you played a game to play another game. Yeah. Because you didn't want to pay money to get the <laughs> diamonds in the first game. Yes. But then you went back... <laughs> <laughs> because you were frustrated what was happening in the second game, like the genie one or whatever. Yeah. That you used money to get coins for that game, <laughs> yes. so that way you could get diamonds for the other game, instead of just paying to get the diamonds in the first <laughs> That's true, I will admit it, but I became kind of addicted to that game it's, I very mean, quickly. <laughs> I've, I've spent like $5 or so before on just getting cosmetic shit for Destiny, so I mean, I'm not saying anything. I've spent money on... Just making my character look cool before. Yeah. So I mean, it's not. I'm. I'm not. <laughs> saying, uh, mine's obviously worse. Mine has no ramifications of what actually helps you out in a game to go further. <laughs> Mine was just like, oh, that shirt looks cool. Let's get it. Um, oh, I've. Um, I can talk about some movie stuff that I and TV stuff that I didn't watch with you. Okay. Well, a... We can do that in a sec. Oh, okay. We're gonna get right. to the movie and TV. I was okay. just gonna talk about my game. Oh first yeah, that's here. true. Okay, go. Um, <laughs> oh. Hi. Welcome back to the waking world. Hi, BB. Uh, I've been playing Plants vs. Zombies 2 because it has been 10 years since the release of the original Plants vs. Zombies. Which I used to play yes. a lot of. Um, and I just kind of wanted to go back to it just because I I missed it, but I didn't want to go through and play through the first game again because it's not really going to do anything uh, for me because I've done everything I can do in it. But I never really played too much of Plants vs. Zombies 2, and it's got a lot going on for it, but it is, in the same vein, a very freemium-heavy type of game. The game itself is free, but there's a lot of different things to buy. Like, you can buy, like, seed packets to upgrade your plants and make them stronger than what they already are. You can get 
coin and currency for other things. Uh, so this has been fun. Uh, I just had that itch to play a Plants vs. Zombies since it's. I keep seeing people talk about it. It's been 10 years since the original came out. Um, I briefly played Yoshi's Crafted World for a little bit longer, got through another couple of levels, um, but I was just kind of playing it while I was waiting for uh, Grease to download. Yeah. Uh, so I got Grease on sale on the Nintendo Switch. Um, it is a game that was published by Devolver Digital, and uh, I don't know if but fans of the podcast should know that I do like a lot of Devolver's games. Um I don't really know too much about the story that's going on yet because I haven't played a ton of it, but art style-wise, it's like one of the most beautiful games I think I've ever played. It is is really pretty. really, really stunning. Um, I think I got so far into it to where she finally learned an ability to where she can turn... The girl that you play as in the game can actually turn into a a brick stone thing. That's cool. Um, There's a, a part where wind keeps blowing in this desert and it keeps blowing your character back and the only way that you can stand still is if you're in some kind of like an enclosure or a small house or something like that and uh, whenever you get this ability you can actually move forward very very slowly but you can turn into the brick and you won't get blown away by the wind Um, so it adds in a new level of uh, gameplay to it because you can also like turn into a brick after jumping in the air and crushing things and it's uh, it's been really good so far, but I'm excited to see how the story goes. So far, it's to me, it just seems like she was kind of sent on this quest to bring color back to the world because the game is basically just black and white except for her hair. And then once I hit like a specific milestone before getting to the desert area, I unlocked red in the world. So now there's a lot of bright, vibrant reds everywhere, and it looks kind of like watercolor splashed all over the screen. Um, but it's really pretty and it's really cool. Uh, what movie and TV have you watched without me? Um, I watched on Netflix the show Slasher. Mm-hmm. It's in the third season, and it's kind of like American Horror Story where it doesn't have um, the like same storyline, but you've got you know revolving characters, um, well, actors who play different characters. Um, I, I like it a lot. It's kind of, it's very dark, and it's about slasher, you know, a... Um, murder and it's a horror genre type show um i like it dean mcdermott's in it and i know that's kind of weird um he's tori spelling's husband but i love him i've loved him for a long time i used to watch tori's show and so seeing him act in a in a netflix show is is really cool i'm happy for him um and he's also dylan mcdermott's brother so that's kind of cool and he's an american horror story so it's kind of cool that they both have their own um horror show uh it's really good it's really gory um a lot gorier than american horror story but this season's um theme was um solstice it was about like a a serial killer that started killing um so does it, it changes every season to yeah. like american horse yeah okay. so the first season was about a girl who um went back to the house where her parents were murdered when she was still in utero and she was born like as her mother died kind of a thing um but she inherited the house when she got older or something like, like that halloween-esque in a way yeah and that season was probably my favorite it was really really good the second season was about a camp um, like a summer camp that was happening, kind of Crystal Lake, kind of like a Camp Crystal Lake situation. And then this season, basically, all of these murders are happening in this apartment complex, and 
you don't really know why or who it is. And they, they do a really good job of um, not, not showcasing who, not making it predictable. Um, it was really good. And then the other show that I watched was called um, Dead to Me. I love that show. It's Linda Cardellini and Christina Applegate, who I've loved both of them for a really long time. Um, it's it's really, really good. And James Marsden is in it. it it's, it's so is good. Is Sonic the Hedgehog in it with um, him? No, he's not. he's not. He did not make an appearance, unfortunately. Um, but it, it's a really good show. I binged that one very quickly. Um, it, it's about a woman's husband who died and she's trying to figure out life after he died and she befriends this woman who is kind of crazy and it's really, really, really good. I can't, I can't, I can't recommend. express. Yeah. I can't yeah. recommend it enough. It's, cool. it's so good. Uh, together we watched, uh, all of season three of Nailed It. Heck yeah, we did. And that was a quick binge because they're... What, They're tiny, 20 yeah. something minute, maybe 30 at most minute episodes, <laughs> and there's only like six episodes per season, mm-hmm. so it's quick to go through, especially it's just so because it's fun. It's just yeah. funny, it's wholesome, it's good. I love Nicole Byer, she's amazing, hilarious. She's she makes an appearance in The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's I, I really hope she does go further with her career, she's great. Uh, we watched uh, a couple episodes of the first part of the Joel McHale show, starring Joel McHale, uh, which is basically just uh, they brought the soup back for Netflix and had Add a, cussing. <laughs> yeah, had a lot more cussing. I think the whole thing is executive produced by Paul Feig because he's been in like every yeah, episode he's been that in a we've lot of episodes. every every episode we've seen. So I guess he's even their hands on and stuff too at some point. Um, they've had quite a few different guests, ones that are from other shows that Joel McHale is on or. Uh, just people that he's friends with and stuff. It probably was easy for him to get, you know, other ones like Allison. And other people who are on other Netflix shows. Yeah. That, that's, it was, it was good. Uh, we watched, uh, the unauthorized Bash Brothers experience, which coincides with my music because that's the only new music I've really consumed. Uh, so a a few weeks ago, Lonely Island was teasing some stuff on their Instagram and on like Facebook and stuff on their stories and uh, they kept uh, they kept just doing these weird like avant-garde things where it was just shots of a forest and you would hear some like it w- was clearly Andy Samberg saying stuff like it's sad to be alone in the middle of the desert or something like that and uh, they f- you find out like literally the day before it came out that they were actually teasing a uh, a new show. That they call a Lonely Island visual poem, so it's only thirty minutes long, uh, on Netflix. And with a this, lot they happens in that thirty yes, minutes. Yes, and with this, they also release a eleven-track album, um, which is basically the whole movie itself was just like a visual, literally, you know, visual poem. So it's yeah. basically music videos for every single song. Yeah, and it just kind of merges them all together with different story. Sequ- yeah, made yeah. a story out of it. Um, but the unauthorized Bash Brothers experience is about uh, the 1988 World Series between the Oakland A's and uh, the Dodgers, and it centers around Jose Canseco and Mark, Mark McGuire, um, and it's basically all about them, their steroid use that was found at that point in time, and just kind of you know, just escalates throughout. And the whole premise of it is just that. Apparently, you knew these two guys played baseball, but you didn't also know that they made an album of raps. 
And uh, so it's just a bunch of music videos and song after song after song of what we know and love as far as like good Lonely Island raps go. So if you like the only Lonely Island in any way, shape, or form, you're gonna like this. It's literally 30 minutes of your time. It's not a big deal. And they have a full album to go along with it if you love it enough, which I've listened to quite a few times. I, I enjoy it. All it's, of the lyrics. Not all of them. Most of them. A lot of them, though. Yeah. It's good stuff, though. It's a um, little ridiculous, but it's really funny. Yeah, it's definitely super funny. And then we started Umbrella Academy. We, yeah, we, we did. We talked about it a little bit earlier. We watched the first, I think, three episodes at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, there's quite a bit of stuff that's kind of true to the comic that kind of comes around with what I've been reading because um, I read the full first volume, The Apocalypse Suite. Um, and uh, so it kind of it does a good job of coinciding with a lot of stuff of the comics, but there's a lot of different things they're trying to touch on that I think that Gerard Way wanted them to kind of harken back towards to develop the story a little bit more maybe because it seems like they're giving a little bit more character development and stuff like that to it, uh, some of these characters and stuff to kind of flesh out uh, different things like you still like in the comic you don't really see the character Ben as often as you see him in this you really just kind of are alluded to him you don't ever know what really truly happens to Ben yeah. but this one you're actually seeing you know Klaus's character seeing him you know because he sees dead people and he also has these like kind of psychokinetic abilities in the comics um, he doesn't play Klaus doesn't play as prevalent of a role in the comics he's just kind of not there but i mean he's important but he doesn't he doesn't have as much of a character drive as he does in this so they really tried to flesh out this character more with being able to like see bed people and things as opposed to giving him like the a lot of the panels of the comics you'll just see him kind of floating around because with his like psychokinetic ability he can make himself levitate and also just has a lot of different supernatural abilities apart from just seeing and hearing dead people um, I but, like that Ben is there with him in the show. Like, I, I never read the comic, so I don't know anything about it, really. Um, but having Klaus's... He's he's my favorite character f- so far. Um, his character, having been there, I think, helps him. And and I like that. I, I like that they have him in it. Yeah, because Ben also, for him, is another voice of reason. Obviously, yeah. all of the people in the family want him to be better. They don't want him to do drugs, but they're not really doing anything to advocate him to not do drugs and stuff, whereas yeah. Ben's character is saying, like, when he wakes up one time off the couch, says, like, hey, you could probably take a drink, 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 juice to drink some of, orange juice instead yeah, of some more whiskey that. or yeah. smoke that or whatever. Yeah, and uh, so, I mean, it's cool having that kind of almost like a good angel voice yeah. of reason that's there with him. And also is his brother that we don't really know anything about yeah. other than seeing a statue and just being like, hey, Ben's dead. And we and don't know what happened. Kid. And we don't know what happened to Five, you know, because yeah. he's been gone for 17 years. Yeah. And then finding out, you know, which print transpired in this. It's really cool. I like the kid that plays Five, too. Do too. Like, he's, he's doing good. a really good job. Yeah. You know, doing the whole, like, I'm basically a 58-year-old man yeah. in the body of a 12-year-old child. He's snarky. I yeah. like it. Yeah, he's a snarky, <laughs> smart ass as yeah. a kid, but I mean, he's supposed to be a 58 year old man yeah. who's seen and done everything and just kind of fed up with shit. Um, but I love the character development. I think the next episode said something about we're going to learn more of uh, Number One's backstory. So we'll learn what happens with him more so, like why he has the body of the ape. Yeah. Because that doesn't really something that they d- dive into in the comics either. Yeah. His body's like half robotic, half monkey-like, and he has monkey hands and stuff, and it's just giant. 
Um, but we eventually seen this last episode where yeah. his su- uh, suit top or whatever he was wearing tore off. So you saw that he is literally like the head of a man attached to the body of basically a gorilla. Yeah. And that's why he's so huge and honking. And I guess we're going to dive more into that. Why he chose to go to space. Why he's up there. I mean, I know from the comic book side of things that he's up there because he's supposed to be, quote unquote, like watching the earth and protecting it from any kind of weird species of, you know, alien threat. But... Is that where the show's going to go? Who knows? Yeah. Because, I mean, it seems like they're adding in a lot more depth to specific characters and yeah. stuff. I'm excited to see what they'll do with Vanya's character yeah. and how that's going to end up playing out. Because they are really, really, really hammering home. Like, they do they do a good job of it in the comic books. You do nothing but feel sorry for her. Yeah. Because everybody in her family pushes her aside and makes sure that she knows that she's, she's not... Ordinary. She's the most ordinary yeah. person and they can't stand that she's part of their life kind yeah. of a thing. And... They do a, an exceedingly good job of making sure that you know that. So, um, did you, you didn't read anything, did you? No. No? Nothing I recently? I, I don't know. read anymore. Uh, oh, I do read. I read Brother uh, Brown Bear. Oh, yes, you um, did. Yes. I read Children's Faces. Um, it's a book of baby faces and their emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, good Night Moon. I've read that yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Yep. And nursery rhymes. Yep. Yep. She's exactly. a fan. If you yes, can't she tell, is. she's uh, she, that was her two cents about those books. She likes to read a lot, and she'll actually take the book and try to like read it. It's so oh, she's so cute. Uh, the other two things that I've read, um, I read Back to the Future: Tales from the Train, or Tales from the Time Train, rather. Um, that book is newer, and it comes off the heels of Back to the Future 3. Um, there's a, It's almost kind of like a slight precursor to the events of whenever you see Doc come back to 1985 with the train, with Clara, and with his two sons, Jules and Vern, and giving Marty the picture of him and uh, him and the Doc in front of the old, uh, the old town clock in from, from the 1800s in the past. And... Uh, when Jennifer asks, you know, like, I'm, I'm this picture, I'm erased from the picture. What does that mean? And she's like, he says like, your future is whatever you make it. It means it's not written yet. You know, you just make sure that your future is a good one because this is everything that happens now is from what you make it, you know, kind of a thing. And then them taking off and kind of going on further adventures and you get to finally see what happens on that side of thing. You don't really see any of Marty or Jennifer other than that scene, which is basically verbatim what happens you know, at the end of the movie of Back to the Future 3. So you get to see them go basically back into the past again, into 1939. It's during the World's Fair. And uh, there's a group of Germans that are trying to kidnap Albert Einstein, who is also at the World's Fair. And they think that Doc Brown is Albert Einstein, and he shaved his mustache to be in disguise. Yeah. And so the Germans are trying to take him back to the Fuhrer, so that way he can develop the atom bomb for them and stuff. Oh my gosh. Which Doc Brown would know how to make as well. Um, So that's how the whole kind of thing coincides. He wanted to go back to the World's Fair because it's something he had always wanted to do when he was a child, and he wanted to show them a part of who he was and what, you know, what he stood for kind of a thing. And then everything just kind of fucking goes south. So... That's kind of where that story goes. I won't dive too much into it, but it was a really neat story. Apparently, there's a ton of other Back to the Future side stories that have come out over the course of the past you know, five years or so that I've never read that it kind of shows a little sub-notes at the bottom of it. Like, 
you know, Back to the Future Volume Two, blah blah blah, and it's like, oh, well, that came out in 2016. I've never read that. Maybe I would get this reference if I read that comic, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, made me want to check them out, but this was the only one that was free right now for me on Comicsology. So, um, also free was Lock and Key Volume One. Um, I won't dive too much into it because we have mentioned it before on the show because it is getting a series on Netflix. But this show is really fucked up and really dark. And uh, it's uh, it's kind of plays a little bit kind of like uh, Haunting on Hill House in a way, just for this, uh, the, how it kind of sets up a premise to it in mm-hmm. a way. But there's just a lot of weird asides. Like there's a scene in this comic book where there's a, like a 15-year-old kid that's basically a serial killer at this point is trying to travel across country to get to this family again so he can kill the rest of them. And how he's getting across country, they show into the comics, and there's one point in time where the kid's given a trucker a blowjob so that way he can, like, basically pay for his fare to get across the country. And he ends up murdering the trucker later just just for the fun of it. He didn't have to give the blowjob. He could have just killed the guy and drove, but he's so, like, fucking psychotic that he just does it just to do it. Well, everything you told me, it sounds really awesome. It's it's really cool. Like, the whole concept of this house, the key house in Massachusetts on... Uh, Lovecraft Island having like so many different things like you can use a key in a door and you walk through it and you're a man all of a sudden if you're a woman or if you're a woman you're a man you can turn the thing you fall over and die and then you become a ghost and you can just fly around and do whatever you want to and whenever you fly back through the door as a ghost you're awake again and you're totally fine so you can just die at will and become a ghost at will um like keys that you open and you can go back into the past you know there's like apparently over like two dozen keys that are correlated to this house and in this first volume they really only focus on like three so it's really cool and really interesting to me i'm excited to see where that kind of goes yeah that sounds Um, awesome we'll do some palms for us and then we'll wrap it up because we're already well over an hour uh palms i'm gonna play through uh more of greece if not beat it um i'm still really interested in seeing where that goes um i'm gonna try and read uh lock and key volume two I would assume we'll either watch more or finish Umbrella Academy Season 1 on Netflix. And, uh... Exactly. I had picked up, but I have not uh, started really diving in. I'm only three chapters in to uh, Stephen King's novel, uh, The Eyes of the Dragon, which is now apparently rumored to be, I guess, maybe a Hulu series or a Hulu movie or something. But, um... I'm really excited for it. It's like a high fantasy take on a lot of king's lore stuff type thing man in black is the villain in it from the dark tower series so i want to read more on that too and actually see if i can get a little further to talk some more about it in the episode but i don't feel comfortable saying anything other than just a couple characters that i know yeah what are you gonna watch a uh, handmaid's tale it the came third back season is out i'm so excited this one actually that. it comes out episodically now right it's yes. not bingey no okay so this is what i'd heard too like and we talked about it before on the podcast. Whenever The Mandalorian comes out on Disney Plus later this year, once it's launched and everything, I think they're only supposed to do one to two episodes at first, and then it's going to be a whole weekly series. Yeah. Because they're going to do it every single week, and the yeah. week that it finishes on is the the ne- the very next week after that whole that whole thing's done is the week that. Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine comes out, so it's oh, like that's cool. nonstop Star Wars every week until you get to Episode Nine, and yeah. then here's more Star Wars. I'm I think they, I'm sure they sure, did that on purpose. I'm I'm pretty sure that the first season of Handmaid's Tale all came out at once, um, but then last year's 
did not. It was episodic as well. But I think they released two at a time. Yeah. Uh, and that might be how they're doing this season. I'm really not sure if they're doing two at a time or not. But um, usually Thursday after you leave for work is my TV day. TV day. Yeah. TV time. And then, of course, I always watch SVU and Forensic Files. Um and so I'm always looking forward to those reruns. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, also, lastly, I guess maybe a bit of news that I just thought about yes. that would be good port- port- for her anyway. Uh-huh. Since Disney Plus is going to have all the series and stuff, that means that we'll have the entire series run of Vampirina <gasps> on Disney Plus that she can watch because she Heck loves yeah. Vampirina. She does. Now, you guys She's want to a- say anything in, in passing to Shad before we pass the torch to him? Hey, Shad. Hope... Uh, you have fun at Disney. Cool. <laughs> you want to say anything, B? Huh? You want to say anything? You want to say anything? No? All right, well, <laughs> from us to you, I feel New Zealand. Take it, Shad. Thanks, Justin, and thanks, Mandy and Betty, for filling in for me. Um, wasn't able to make it to the recording this week because I've actually been on vacation, as Mandy had said, uh, visiting the Disney and Universal parks in Florida. Uh, it was a great time, and I'll probably get into it a little bit more with Justin um, when we return to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, but in the meantime, I just wanted to... Uh, get a little bit down, talk about some news, some upcoming stuff, and uh, all that jazz. So just to dive right into it, first things first, a little self-promotion here. Uh, The Can't Get Rights, uh, my cover band, is going to be playing a couple of shows upcoming, and uh, just wanted to mention them so you get them in your calendar. You can come check us out if you're in the area. It'd be awesome. We'd love to hear from you. It'd be really cool if... uh, while we're playing the show, after the show, whatever, um, to know that you guys are listeners of the of the podcast and come out to the show. That'd be super cool to hear from you. Um, upcoming shows are uh, June 14th at Bruise Brothers. That's in Murfreesboro, Illinois. And then June 22nd at Starview Vineyards. That's in the Macanda area of, uh, of Illinois as well. Um, so please come out, support, give us a holler, all that good stuff. Um, and then other things that have kind of been coming up personal wise, um, that I do want to let you guys know about. I, uh, right before I went on vacation, I went and saw Amanda Palmer, um, at the pageant in St. Louis and, uh, just wanted to let you guys know it's an amazing show. Um, if you get to, uh, see Amanda ever, I highly recommend it. Um, I think she's done with this tour at this point in time, but if you ever get to see her, Go do it. It sounds like the Dresden Dolls are potentially getting back together for some shows, uh, which will be an amazing thing as well. But her shows alone, um, they they bring a, a certain kind of personalness to those songs that she plays. Um, as she's going through, she's letting you know why this song came about, how this song came about, stories that connect to it that 
uh, personally, I feel like will will last forever. I'll always remember those songs and specifically what those songs mean because of the stories that she told that go along with it. Uh, she stands for a lot of great things, very passionate about uh, her work and um, and everything else that's going around. I won't get into it right now, but uh, I, I thought it's a very great show. I, I highly recommend it. And then while I was down in Orlando, I also got to see the Blue Man Group, um, another great show that I do highly recommend you ever getting to see. A very much a family-friendly show and very funny. I, I, I laughed uh, very hard. Wasn't expecting that. Um, I don't know what I was expecting. You kind of see, um, or at least I do, growing up, saw the Blue Man Group on like nighttime talk shows and stuff like that where they visit and they play like a one little thing where they're banging on pipes or whatever they're doing. And that was about it. But to see a whole show, a whole couple of hour show of that um, and what they do and how they interact with the audience and get down there. And those guys are just so talented um, that are doing that show. Just the fact that they don't ever close their flipping eyes. That was uh, an amazing feat all on its own. was just that they're constantly staring um, with mostly emotionless faces. Um, maybe the only emotion might be confusion. Uh, as it seems like they're kind of a, an alien group of, of creatures that come to observe and do their show throughout. And it's, it's very interesting. I very much so recommend that. Um, let's get into some trailer talk. I know Justin hit on a couple of things with Mandy. Um, there's a couple of pieces I want to pick up from what they talked about and then add on to that as well. So, uh, first things first, we'll get right into the guts of it all. The Dark Crystal Age of the Resistance. Uh, yes, uh, Justin is correct. Uh, this is, I'm fanboying out on this. It's an amazing looking show. Um, it is a TV show. It is 10 episodes. And it's going to be, like you said, on Netflix. August 30th is the release date. It looks like they're going to be releasing releasing this in typical Netflix fashion where they drop everything all at once. Um, I'm very happy about that. Very excited for that. August is my birthday month, and this is just a, a Netflix birthday present as the way I see it. Um, this is a prequel to the movie, and the the sequels are in comic book form that we've seen so far with... Uh, the the uh, Beneath the Dark Crystal and the one before that that is escaping my mind at this moment, but does not matter. We're talking about the prequel to the Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. So um, one of the big things you hear about is the, the darkening, which uh, is assumed to be when the shard of the shard off of the Dark Crystal has been broken off and the powers that be are released the the sexies not sexies the sexist sexes i don't know we'll get to that later um kind of go about and are released and start terrorizing the area um and so that is definitely what this show is about is that that beginning of all of that and fighting against that uh, the resistance is just something that kind of harkens back to star wars it makes me think a little bit about that and so you're kind of combining the heart of a, a storyline of resistance like star wars and in a fantasy kind of land but tied into the world of the dark crystal is sounds like it's going to be great and if you look at it visually the puppets 
and the practical effects that they're using just looks awesome. And they're using very little CG in here. Um, they're trying to really lean heavy on those practical effects. And that's very exciting to me. They've got new creatures. They've got old creatures. Augra's in there. We see a lot of the same faces and similar kind of creature types as well as all kinds of new as well. So very excited about the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. And they just released a, uh, a poster for it not too long ago, uh, which you better believe is the background of my phone. So uh, other trailers that have been released. Uh, since last time we spoke is the the final kind of teaser trailer for Orange is the New Black. This is the last season of this show and uh, expect it to be a very emotional one if you are one that has been watching this show through and through and kind of seeing these uh, character stories wrap up absolutely will be uh, something to watch. Uh, we also got a trailer for The Kitchen, which is a movie with Melissa McCarthy, as well as a handful of other lead ladies. Um, and this is a adaptation of a Vertigo comic book, uh, essentially where these mob wives, uh, their husbands get locked up in prison and the wives have to kind of figure out what to do run the businesses, make the money, and all of those things. And it uh, looks like it'll be a pretty good uh, movie. I'm, I'm interested to see how this one plays out. Uh, it looks like more of a serious role for Melissa McCarthy. Um, so it should be good. And then uh, last on my trailer talk docket is Changeland. Uh, this is a movie that has been kind of, I've been hearing the buzz about for a while because I listened to Macaulay Culkin's podcast, Bunny Ears, and Bunny, or uh, not Bunny, Macaulay is in this movie, Changeland. It's kind of uh, one of the rare occasions where we see him in a movie. And um, in this one, it is the main character, Seth, is Seth Green. Uh, he's a writer, director, and uh, he is essentially going through. Uh, a breakup with his wife and uh so he goes on a trip that was a trip booked for he and his wife for their honeymoon i do believe and so he takes his friend breckenmeyer who they are real life friends and they kind of have an adventure in thailand after that and uh macaulay culkin as i previously stated is in this movie uh you can get it now digitally i think it is going to be in a limited run theater release as well but you can pick it up digitally right now. It looks like on all platforms for like uh, seven bucks to rent it or ten bucks to own it. You might as well pay the three bucks and own it. Um, but yeah, that's what I've got for trailer talk. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and skip ahead to some some news headlines. I've just got a few for you. I didn't uh, didn't want to hit too heavy on anything. Uh, but we got some unfortunately some cancellations. Uh, TV shows that I do want to talk about. Uh, one being Deadly Class. This was a show that I definitely blew up when it first started off. Uh, Sci-Fi's got this show, and they are putting into it after the first season. Uh, but uh, Rick Remainder, who is half of the creative, uh, the creators for this, the writing side of it, um, and Wes Craig, uh, are both very positive about uh, them actually continuing this show uh, further, possibly shopping it around to other places. Um, it, it had a pretty good um, reception of it all, and I think it was a pretty true adaptation. We, we were very excited about it when it came out. Um, so I'm hoping for the best on that, but Deadly Class, as of right now, has been canceled after its first season. Uh, Happy, the other comic book adaptation that's on sci-fi. They've got a few. Uh, Happy is an adaptation of a book that Grant Morrison had uh, written. 
and uh, it had uh, oh I can't think of his name, uh, the guy from uh, Law and Order SVU that is uh, he's a good guy we like him. Uh, anyways, uh, it has been canceled. This is after the second season, um, and so we'll kind of see how that plays out as well. I'm not sure where that one's going to go. It was actually only a miniseries as far as comic books. Christopher Maloney, that's who it was. I'd get there eventually. Um, and so I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do with the storyline past uh, its cancellation, if there is anything really even to do, because it was a, a four to six issue miniseries, and that was really all that it had done. Um, they had planned for three seasons, but maybe they, who knows? We'll see. And I don't know any more than anybody else does. Um, and then our third cancellation uh, that I wanted to talk about is Swamp Thing. So uh, Swamp Thing started airing um, and is one of the shows that I had been watching on the DC Universe app. But it has been announced that it will be canceled after its first season. Uh, this is pretty new news uh, within the last couple of days, and it hasn't really, all of the truth hasn't come out to, as to why they're canceling this show, but a lot of it seems to be budget issues. Uh, I think they had planned to spend a certain amount of money or to get a certain amount of money in rebates from the state that they were filming in, and not all of that came together, so it kind of was a loss for them already. doesn't appear that they're looking to further this story to try to get any gains from it long term. Uh, so the 10 issues, not issues, episodes, the 10 episodes of Swamp Thing do look like they're going to be the only 10 episodes that we are going to get of it. Uh, but I can report back that Swamp Thing, as far as uh, right now, we've had two episodes launch and the show is really good. I'm enjoying the cast. The What they're doing, building the story uh, is very good. It seems like it's tying into an episodic uh, storyline very well they're not it's not a one-off kind of creature of the week kind of story it's very much building a mystery throughout and how all of these characters kind of intertwine together there's a lot of depth in these characters and how they have arrived in this town in Louisiana together um, the swamp thing himself looks really cool um, it's a very true, uh, visually an adaptation of the comic books. Um, very dark, very, uh, what you could expect, I guess, from Swamp Thing. Uh, this is an, an R-rated show. Uh, it looks like mostly, from what I can tell, uh, from language and some violence. And they get really into the, the gore of it all, uh, which is what we saw from Titans. I think we got a, like a wiener shot and maybe a boob. At one point in time, later on in the sea in the season at Titans, but for the most part, it was out, out of gore and language is what we were getting those R's for. So sadly, Swamp Thing will be canceled after its first season. Uh, we're two episodes into the ten episode run. Uh, they are gonna finish releasing everything out, and then it will be put to bed after that. Um, so those are our cancellations. Uh, let's talk just briefly about our our games of the month we had some releases as far as our playstation xbox and nintendo games of the month so we have uh, on xbox games with gold we have from june 1st to june 30th the whole month of june you get ea sports nhl 19 so if you're into hockey and you like that kind of thing go blues uh then you can uh totally check that stuff out uh, we also have Rivals of 
Ether, Ether, I don't know, uh, June 16th through July 15th. Um, never heard of this game. I don't have Xbox, so I won't try to find out what this game is. But if you know what that game is and you'd like to try it out, give it a shot if you got an Xbox. Uh, other game we have is Portal Still Alive. This is uh, June 1st through June 15th. Get this game. I've never played it, but I've watched Justin play it a lot, and it was cool when it came out. I don't know which version of Still Alive is, but I definitely remember when Portal 1, I guess, came out, uh, sitting around watching him play Portal a lot, and it seemed like a very cool puzzle game. So if you're into that kind of thing, check that out. And then our fourth game and final game for Xbox Games with Gold is Earth Defense Force 2017. This looks like a game where you shoot things, and it came out a couple years ago. Uh, Check it out. If you like games where you shoot things, it might be fun. Uh, if we switch over to Nintendo Switch, no pun intended, uh, our three Nintendo games uh, for the month. No Super Nintendo games quite yet. I'm still really hoping for that announcement sometime soon. But our three games that we're going to get in the month of June are Double Dragon 2, The Revenge, Volleyball, I bet you can guess what we're doing with that game. And then City Connection. And uh, those three games will be available at the beginning of June. It looks like June 12th um, to add to your library and play on the Nintendo Switch online. And then let's change over to our PlayStation games. So PlayStation has, as you guys know, uh, kind of knocked down its PlayStation Plus games uh, from four to two. Um, And we're only getting those two game titles for the PlayStation 4. So, uh, they've been kind of shitty for a while now. And I feel like we're finally maybe got, at least for me personally, uh, a little bit better of a thing going on here. So, uh, our two games we got are Sonic Mania, which is the game that came out maybe a year ago. Justin will know better than me. Um, When uh, they kind of did a remaster of... Sonic, not a remaster. I guess it's a whole new game. I don't know. Justin will know better. But it's a it's true to form, sixteen bit Sonic game, um, and it has uh, it looks pretty good. I I played a little bit of it this morning actually, just to kind of get into it. It's been on my wish list for a while, but I really didn't want to pay twenty or twenty five bucks, whatever the price point on it is, um, because I don't typically find myself playing a Sonic game all the way through. I just kind of go in and mess around for a little bit and then I'm done with it so super excited that that was a game uh that we got for PlayStation Plus then we also got Borderlands the Handsome Collection this is a collection of Borderlands the prequel the pre I don't the pre-sequel two three it's not three I think it's all the games except for three because three comes out this year so um, I've never played Borderlands and if you've been curious about Borderlands and you've never played it either um, now if you have PlayStation Plus and you pay for that service you can go check that game out and uh, see if it's something you'll dig I'll probably do the same thing kind of get in there dabble around check that shit out see what's up there but yeah so those are our um, I guess you call them free games they're not really free because you pay for the membership but uh, those are your games um, for June. Uh, there's a bunch of cool games coming out. It uh, looks like on the PS Now as well, but we typically don't get into that too much. Um, let's see. What else are we going to talk about? What do you want to talk about? If we were talking back and forth, you guys could tell me. But you can't, so you don't have a choice. I'm just going to tell you things I want to. Upcoming releases. So 
just to backpedal just a little bit, we had a couple of releases already happen. Um, so that are notable. Good Omens, the uh, the TV series that is based on the Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman novel, um, the TV series that they've been working on at Amazon is has been released. It released on May thirty first. Uh, they dropped everything all at once. It's like six episodes. Um, go check it out. If if you haven't subscribed to uh, Amazon Prime in a while, uh, go see if you can get like a, a free trial of Amazon Prime and go watch that shit. Just binge it. Six episodes. Um, I hear it's real good. I haven't done it yet. I'm probably going to hit it up in the next couple weeks and uh, check it out. It seems like an easy pill to swallow. Uh, another show that did just start is the Nosferatu show on amc this is a uh, an adaptation of a novel by joe hill uh who also wrote uh the lock and key comic book series that justin referred to previously um so this is a a uh, adaptation of that in tv series form uh it's on amc so it's a pretty your standard once a week episode kind of thing going on there uh first episode dropped on the 2nd of june and uh, they'll be releasing that weekly so Upcoming things that are happening that are also notable. Uh, on the movie side of things, we are getting Men in Black International this Friday. This is the Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth movie. Um, looks funny. Looks good. Looks like Men in Black. Um, I had the pleasure of riding the Men in Black ride while I was at Universal Studios and got to shoot up some aliens. So um, I'm all in for this. Um, I definitely, I always enjoy a Men in Black movie no matter what. Uh, seems like they're always a good time. Even the cartoon series isn't too shabby. Uh, and then we've got some comics that are coming out this Wednesday. We have Umbrella Academy Hotel Oblivion Issue 7. This is the final issue of the Hotel Oblivion uh, series, which is the third volume in the Umbrella Academy series. Uh, so check that out. Check out the whole Hotel Oblivion series. It's been really good. I've been keeping up with that on a monthly basis. And then we are getting issue 16 of Oblivion Song, which Justin and I have both been reading and talking about. So I thought I would mention that as well. I'm going to dive into some recommendations um, of some some things that I've been up to. Uh, on the game side of things, I have been playing the Cave Story game that Justin recommended to me. Uh, last episode and on the Switch is uh, a very good game. I'm glad he recommended that to me. It is very much uh, just your standard kind of uh, side-scroll dungeon crawler. I'm just throwing out words that we typically throw out when we're talking about video games. Uh, you're in dungeons and you it it's not it's 2D, uh, but it's it's super cool. I've been liking it a lot. It's got a little little puzzle action going on. Um, and it's, it looks pretty. You can't help a good, pretty like 18 bit or 16 bit or whatever game. It just, it just, it'll always look good. You can't help it. It's classic. Um, on the movies and TV side of things, I too had been watching Umbrella Academy and actually finished it today. Uh, Umbrella Academy, Mandy is completely right. Klaus, 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 uh, is the show. He, he kind of carries that whole thing and uh it shows he's he's very much uh, carries it and not in a bad way not like everybody else doesn't carry it but he just has a very flamboyant extravagant uh personality that just drives it and you kind of pay attention when he's on screen 
and uh, and that's a good thing. I'm very much very much digging the whole show. I like how much it teeter totters between following exactly what goes on in the comic book and adding on to it and doing things and elaborating more. It kind of, as Justin said, uh, kind of stretches out and fills in a little bit of the gaps that we didn't really get to see in the comic series. And maybe if Gerard Way was given, um, and, and Gabriel Ba were given an entire ongoing series, what they would have actually built into these characters um, given that time. It kind of reminds me of the way that they played with the characters a little bit more and built them up in uh, American Gods. And I like, when done correctly, um, you don't have to be married to the, the source material as much. And uh, this is a, another prime example of that. It's a perfect little quirky show that um, you don't know why you like it maybe as much as you do, but it just has those fun, weird things that just go, yeah, this is right. And um, maybe it's not for everyone, but I think for the the little corner of the world that has weird, quirky people in it, it's it's just the show for them. So it's it's I highly recommend it if you're weird and quirky. Um, and then Swamp Thing I mentioned previously is uh, the other show I've been watching. It's Killa. Um, I'm kind of bummed out that they're canceling it after 10 episodes, but... Hopefully, maybe with a little bit of uh, verbal, um, what's that word when you, you kind of push someone to do something? You're going to, motivation. With a little verbal motivation from the internet, maybe we can uh, get that to happen a little more. We can maybe get a second season out of that after they get some feedback from the world. And maybe it's just at a lower budget. Maybe it doesn't have to be as visually... Uh, appealing as it was, as long as the story is strong. Um, we'll skip over to music. So there's a couple of singles that came out uh, this past week that I'm really digging. Uh, there's a single from Muna. Muna is a, a great band, uh, an all-girl band that I've been following for a long time. Uh, they've had a couple of really good singles out there, but their new one is called Number One Fan, and I highly recommend it. It's just a, a good little tune about... Um, just seeing yourself positively and who doesn't need a little positive message about the way that you see yourself. So check that out. And then the other single is love love L a U V. Uh, this is the guy who did the, I like me better when I'm with you. I don't know. And it's, I like me better when I'm with you. That song. Um, this is a new song called sad forever and, uh, is another, uh, fairly positive song that I dig. Uh, essentially about not wanting to be sad forever. So uh, check those two songs out. They're uh, kind of in that kind of indie pop, whatever you want to call it, kind of realm I find myself in. Um, so yeah, they're good times. Let's hop over to the comics. I don't really read books much anymore, so you guys know me by now. It's all comics all the time. I did, um, I'm kind of wrapped up a couple of our, my outhanging, what do you call those, our palms. Uh, so I finished up reading Imaginary Fiends, which was that Vertigo book we talked about a while back. Um, really good series. It's six issues, still on the Comixology Unlimited. So if you want to check that out and you have that Comixology Unlimited, um, or if you don't, seven bucks uh, will get you access into that. And you can check out Imaginary Fiends. Uh, it's a pretty neat story, a cool concept, essentially. Uh, your imaginary friends and those made-up Bloody Mary-type characters 
uh, that are made up when you're a kid um, are real and that certain people can see them and they feed off of whatever um, our main character's uh, imaginary fiend uh, fed off of fear. So, you know, when people were scared of her, she was more powerful. And so there were, it was a, essentially a, a crime drama tied in with some uh, high fan or not high fantasy. That's dragons and shit. Uh, like kind of a fantasy of those things being real. So check that out. It's a real good read. I highly recommend it. Uh, the other thing I finished up reading is, or I got caught up on reading, I guess, is the Disney Afternoon Giants, which are those um, like two, three stories in a giant um, Disney Afternoon style. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of just spaced on there. Uh, but we these are two stories back to back of uh, Chippendale Rescue Ranger and DuckTales. So we get a story of each in these um and they were kind of ongoing. They were all, both of them were four parters, uh, if I remember right, and they were good. What I didn't know, and I didn't pick up until about I guess the third issue, as these are actually reprint stories from uh, probably about 10, 12 years back. So if you've already if you've stayed up on the Disney afternoon comics like DuckTales and like uh, Chippendale Rescue Ranger or uh, Darkwing Duck or Tailspin. Uh, these books may not be the best for you because they tend to be reprints. I don't see anything in the future of them being new material. It looks like they're going to continue to collect and reprint uh, past issues. So uh, I enjoyed it. It was super good. I'm always I'm a sucker for the Disney afternoon type characters. And so this just kind of brought me in to check them out. So um, if you also are a sucker for those things, check it out if you haven't read them already. And then we also got a release of Kingdom Hearts 3 Chapter 0. So this is the the manga adaptation of Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, they've done this for pretty much every game, I do believe. Uh, I, they've skipped a couple of them. Uh, but they do a, a manga ap- adaptation of these. Chapter 0 was kind of the uh, build-up conversation between Xehanort and Ericus when they're younger and kind of setting the scene for what's going on. I'm hoping that, because this conversation as it stands in this book was not how it was portrayed actually in the game. Uh, There was a little bit more detail to it. So I'm really hoping that uh, with as much lore that we're getting deep into this Kingdom Hearts storyline that we'll really get to see quite a bit of what's going on um, and maybe open up a couple of doors, answer just a few questions. I don't expect it to answer a massive amount of questions, uh, but maybe give us a couple of little answers uh, within this adaptation or clarify some things, maybe. That's all I need. Um, so recommend that. You can get on Comixology for 99 cents. It's like a 17-page uh, book at this point. So check that out. I highly recommend it. Um, and that kind of wraps up comics. I guess we'll kind of... I'll give you some palms and we'll hit the road. Uh, so... Uh, Palms, there's a game that came out not too long ago called Figment, F-I-G-M-E-N-T. It's on PlayStation, it's on Switch. I don't know if it's on Xbox, probably. If it's on the other two, it's probably on that one. Um, It's a cute little game. It looks real uh, pretty. Um, I bought it just based off of looks. Um, So, I mean, I did judge that book by its cover. Uh, We'll see how it goes. It kind of reminds me visually from watching just a little bit of trailer 
um, the style of game, and I, how do I say style? The way you move around looks like kind of like a Toe Jam and Earl style game, but visually way prettier. And uh, so super excited to dive into that. I bought mine on Switch because uh, it was on sale on Switch. And, you know, kind of like that handheld thing going on there. Got that option. And then I'm also reading The Walking Dead, trying to catch up. I'm about, I, I guess, probably two years um, past where I should be. And it looks like, as far as the news articles read, there's been some upcoming um, deaths or events or things like that that have happened. I know what they are, but I'm not going to say it unless, in case there's some readers out there that are also trying to catch up. Uh, but I am definitely behind, and I, I guess about four volumes behind. And so I'm trying to get caught up on that currently. So that's what I'm reading. It's what I'm going to try to play. Uh, we'll see what happens and that's all I've got for you guys. We'll talk to you next week. We've got a bunch of E3 stuff that just came out this past weekend that Justin and I are prepping up and we'll be shooting towards your direction, uh, next Monday. So thanks for listening and I feel New Zealand. Thank you.